0: Hello and welcome to Your Light is Fearless. My name is Amber, otherwise known as the Malibu Medium. Four years ago, I had a near-death experience that awakened my divine presence. Before that, I lived trapped in my emotions and blocked myself from living my dreams. Now I am a transformation coach working with the Akashic Records to help others align to their highest path and potential. In this podcast, I will inspire you to go past the limitations you place on yourself as we explore your infinite possibilities in the Akashic Records. The portal is open now. Hello and welcome to Your Light is Fearless. My name is Amber. I am your host. And today I have a very special guest. My mom, Wendy Baker, is a guest on the show today to talk to us about her new book that she just wrote called My Name Was Mushroom, My Life as a Teenage Runaway in the Source Family Commune. So my mom, I'm just going to do a little introduction is a businesswoman she is passionate about helping other young mothers who are struggling in their life she is an avid tennis player she is a business i think i said that a business woman she is a mother of three and she's sitting here right next to me with the tennis on tv just to give you a little background of where we are we are at it's a beautiful day in malibu and i'm at her home who, where she lives very close to me, and I would like to um, hand it over to my mom, Wendy, to say hello and to talk about her story, her, her
1: her book that she just wrote, all about her life. Well, Amber, I really appreciate this moment talking with you and your audience about me. Um, I just want to say I'm so honored and privileged to talk about my story I feel that Amber is taken on the Baker tradition of insightfulness, sensitivity. Um, this is just going to be a lot of fun for me. So we can talk about my book now, Amber. What would you like me to say?
0: Okay. Of course, the mother in every mom is, is the compliments. Thank you, Mom. That was very sweet for you to say. Okay, so... My mom, her book, as I said, my name was Mushroom. My life as a teenage runaway and the Source Family Commune. So her book is at now out now. You can um, purchase her book on Amazon. I will put the link in the show notes. But I just wanted you, mom, to share. Kind of like the synopsis, if you will, of your experience growing up and in the commune. And then, of course, the long version will be in the book. And I'm sure you guys are going to want to read this book. When I first read it, I read it in one night and then the next morning and I was done. I just couldn't put it down. It fascinated me. Of course, as your daughter, it was extremely interesting to me, but I think this story is inspiring. This is the story of, of you and everyone has a story in their heart, but I, I really couldn't believe the things that you had gone through. It was a harrowing experience. It was a beautiful experience. Um, this, there happens to be a cliffhanger, um, in the fact that my mom, Um, the commune that she was in there, the leader of this commune, we're going to leave that for you to explain. I have a close connection with and that will come full circle. But mom, I'm going to hand it over to you to just kind of describe and explain to us a little bit about your story and this book.
1: So originally, I wrote this book for my children to leave a legacy. I wanted them to know what I had experienced in my life uh, from the age of 14 to 19. First of all, I did run away from home very early at fourteen. I came from a, let's say, negative, neglectful mother, um, not not a good family life at all. And I was looking for something better, something more spiritual, for me to to grow and to and to become who I really wanted to be. So I gravitated toward this commune. And at first, it wasn't a commune. At first, it was just. The Source Restaurant on Sunset Boulevard, a vegetarian restaurant, very healthy eating. And I worked there as a teenager and just enjoyed the love, the atmosphere. It was in West Hollywood, California, Sunset Boulevard. So eventually, the leader of the group um, turned it into a commune. And that was very intriguing to me, uh, since I was having a very difficult time in high school The whole uh, West Hollywood scene in the 70s was drugs, um, not just drugs, but like heroin shooting up, you know, people dying, friends of mine. And I just thought, I I can't go to this place. This isn't what what I want to do. So I gravitated towards the Source Commune. It was all about meditation, eating vegetarian, you don't cut your hair power of positive thinking, lots of love, meditating, yoga, hatha breathing, exercises, and it just, it just resonated with me. It was something that I was really drawn to. So I haven't talked about my story for 50 years. Mm-hmm. I decided to write about it. It turns out um, it's a compelling story uh, that people are very interested in it. Uh, many things happened to me, it was not easy, it was a difficult path. I had some hardships, I had some challenging encounters, but all in all, I think it did make me who I am today, and I think I came out okay from it. Now that's to say I did, not everyone did. Um, what drove? I have a, some driving force inside of me that guides me, let it be my angels, my guardian angels. Possibly, I was just born with a drive, a discipline, and the force within me just led me, you know, to this lifestyle.
0: So, so, mom what so okay so you you ran away from home I mean that's a big deal that takes a lot of courage I mean I have a 15 year old son and a 12 year old son and you were 14 and I look at them and I'm like they can't even get themselves a glass of water or out to school on time like I can't believe that you had this conviction inside like you said to make that decision and the choice to run away from home and I'm hearing of course you know I do know what your childhood was like growing up and that it was hard for you and um would would you say that it was a combination of how neg- how neglect neglected you felt I mean I know you've talked about that absence of love at home and the driving force and kind of like maybe your higher self taking over what, what was it like? Because this in my eyes was your first heroic action in a way. This was like your first leap of faith. And we're going to get into this more fully. You, you've taken a lot of leaps of faith in your life. And now that I'm talking about this out loud, I kind of can see the parallel, right? Between mother and daughter and like how, you know, you always instilled in me, like you can do anything, you can be anything. Like you have that strong willed personality. And so what tell us more about what it was like when you you made that kind of fateful decision because this must have been written in the stars this is a destiny moment for you to leave your family um I should say that that you had you you, your father had already been absent you have three other sisters and I know it was an extremely volatile type of environment with you and your sisters. always fighting and you know grandma always working and kind of being gone um well tell us more about the moment when you were making that decision, like internally, what was happening in your mind.
1: Well, the decision wasn't easy. And the only thing I could say is, is that there was a, a a very deep, heavy driving force within me that pulled me to make the decision. I didn't take it lightly and it wasn't in my character. I was typically a very shy and quiet girl, always doing exactly what I was told, trying to get the perfect grades in school. I was not the kind of person you would think that would just get up and run away and leave her family. So I'm going to say that I was guided by a higher force. And the force was so strong within me, it won me over, and it led me to this path Today, I understand why that happened. While I was going through it, I really didn't understand. I questioned it daily. Why am I here? Why did I do this? Is this the right thing? Um, why, am I, why is this going on inside of me? I think that I was given a gift um, to pay attention to my higher self. And I, I feel that way, too, um, with everything that I do. I'm constantly making decisions in my life that are the highest of decisions because I do believe that there's your low self and there's your high self. Which road are you going to take? I'd like to say that I always took the high road. Now the book will explain a lot of that because I get confronted quite a bit with uh, making decisions and I do believe in the power of positive thinking. And I do believe in the power of visualization. And I do believe that there is a higher force and I believe I'm connected with it. Um, I can't honestly say that me as a person um, did this without help from another force. I I had help.
0: Absolutely. I believe in the same thing. I think much of my audience also is on their own kind of journey of connection within of their intuitive, um, higher self of their, of their highest path and potential. So you absolutely have always been that example to me to follow Mm -hmm. your heart, to, you know, take those leaps of faith. And I want to, I want to talk more kind of fast forwarding into your story a little bit later on, but just to kind of paint the picture to everyone about you know this commune you talked about the hatha breathing and the yoga you talked about the the maybe some of the spiritual principles and philosophies but like could you without telling us maybe every single step of your story I want to ask you to explain a little bit more about what it was like to being this commune, like kind of like the daily lifestyle. And then I wonder if you would share also maybe just one of the hardest times you had in the commune and then one of the most maybe positive memories that you had in the commune. And also, Mom, if you wouldn't mind sharing, I think that one of the biggest things is how, you know, the birth of my sister, right, Mm -hmm. you being this young mother. So I'm going to just ask you to share a little bit about that.
1: Well, I'm going to say that my experience in the beginning of the commune was beautiful. There was so much love, and I felt free for the first time. I felt like I could be myself, and there wasn't negativity at all. Everybody was in a positive mode. In fact, that's what we worked towards. We weren't even allowed to talk about negative things, and we were only focused on the now, so we never talked about the past. So most of my brothers and sisters in the commune didn't even know anything about me. And they didn't know that I was there without the permission of my mother. So I would say that my favorite time was when I was at the mother house. We all moved in together. And I was free. I was happy. I was full of love. I was I was meditating every day, I was eating vegetarian, I felt like I was going on the path of of good health. And I I just was in such an ecstatic place of happiness.
0: Mom, what is the mother house? Because that's, I mean, it's a little bit of a funny name, like the mother house. What, What does that mean? How did you guys name? Tell us about what that was.
1: Okay, so that's really funny. Okay, so we named our house the mother house. Why did we name it that? Not sure. Um, it's in the book. Um, I talk about the mother house. It was the first home that we lived in all together as a commune. And it was a mansion. And it was in the Los Feliz estate area. Um, it was three stories high. There was a guest house, a maid's quarters, a pool. Uh, it was it was so beautiful. I talk about the mother house in my book. Um, it's a happy time in my life. And that was the best of the experience of the source family commune. Probably the worst experience that I had was when I was taken to court by my mom and I had to go there with a representative some someone from the source family who was a psychiatrist and uh, Jim Baker uh, father at the time
0: so, the, so so everyone knows I don't think we've proper properly introduced the leader of the commune's name is jim baker and we're gonna go to who he is the the mystery of who he is that some of you might already know but so jim baker was the leader of this commune okay so you went to court
1: so at the time i went to court and at the time he moved into the mother house his name was father So he went through four names, like I did. I went through four names, too. We that all got n- So that. we all got names um, when we joined the family and a number. And the number was at the time that you committed to your path, being in the source family commune. I was number 36. I'm not sure if you Wait, knew that. Th- no,
0: I didn't know that. Wait, hold on. So... Is this a numer numerology number? Is that, what do you mean, number thirty six? What is? How did you get? So that
1: number thirty six is just an order that I became in the family. Oh, you were member. I'm number. member number thirty six. There's a the male nu- numbers and then the women numbers. So uh, there's another male number thirty six. Okay. But I was the woman or child or you girl, whatever you, you want to say. Yeah. I was fourteen. Number thirty six, and my sister. Marcy was number three. Okay, so, so she so was Marcy able, the, so Marcy was now. able, Marcy is my sister who's one year older than me. She joined the Source Family Commune before me. My mother freely let her join. And I would have loved to have joined at that time too, but I was not able to because she wouldn't let me. So there was a period in my life that I struggled of not being allowed to be in the source family commune, but I would go to morning meditations. I worked at the source, but then I'd have to go home. But then there was a point in my story that I decided to commit fully and leave my family, called it my earth family, Mm -hmm. and join my spiritual family. So the mother house was my happy time. The court uh, scene was my worst time. And that story is in the book about me going to court. My mom took me to court and she was hoping to get me back. It didn't quite work out that way. In fact, it backfired. And I was able to keep my spirituality, my strength, my focus on staying with the family. And I don't want to tell you too much because that's in the book and it's quite a story. What happens? But I'm going to say that's probably the worst. But there's many challenges that I experienced throughout my five years. And I, too, had many names. My first name was Lila. And that lasted for two weeks. I wasn't quite in the family yet. I know. It's kind of funny. My second name was Nirvana. And I was Nirvana for about a year. And that was the name, you know, that father gave me. And then... um, When I moved on into the commune, he gave me the name Mushroom. Now notice how I say that the name of my book is my name was Mushroom, right?
0: Because it didn't
1: it didn't stay that way, Mm -hmm. but that was my name for a good three years in the commune. So a lot of people relate to me as Mushroom, and there's a cute story about why I got that name. And typically, I'm the only vegetable name in a vegetarian commune and I always thought that was kind of funny but it was kind of a a secret hideaway name too it was a name that wasn't obvious and you'll see why oh, and okay. then okay wait hold on okay so
0: now when you do read the book you're gonna understand how important this and what she just said about this kind of how she had to maybe have this undercover name and profile um so mom, how, and also how long were you in the commune? You, you joined when you were 14 and how, when did you stay
1: till? I joined when I was 14 and I left the commune just after I turned 19. So I left the commune, you know, like right away around 19. Uh, my last name, the fourth name that also many of my family, Source family members remember me as was Heartstar. Now I thought about naming the book something to do with heartstar, but I just felt most of my story was related to my name mushroom. Now I think I was one of the few people that had many names. Not most people got one name and it stuck with them, maybe two at the most.
0: But why so why were you named mushroom? You didn't Is that because you were doing shrooms?
1: <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> so when we uh one of the, when i moved to maui um, and and mm-hmm. at that time he became father yode that was his third name jim oh, baker, so father, baker father father yode uh we went on a hike down to the waterfall in maui where we lived and they had mushrooms growing everywhere and you know i didn't realize how Affect how much they affect you by eating them. Mm-hmm. So I did have some mushrooms with um, Father Yod and some of the other family members. And I apparently was like a fairy dancing through the waterfalls, <laughs> <laughs> putting on quite a performance. Um, so Father Yod thought that would be a good name for me to have from there on out. So yeah. that was my name. Crazy name, huh?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, and it's funny because, you know, now that your book has come out, I've been seeing mushrooms everywhere. And like, if I go, I went to Topanga Canyon, I don't know, a couple weekends ago, and it was like mushroom pottery and mushroom jewelry and mushroom, I'm like, have mushrooms always been like so popular? But anyways, yeah. Now, okay, so this might be the perfect time to go a little bit into Jim Baker, Father Yod, um, uh, you didn't say Yehoah, Yehoah. Right. Yehoah, that was kind of the last name I think he took on before his passing. Um, so I just want to explain, I have not publicly talked too much about who my grandfather was, but my grandfather was this commune leader. So my grandfather, Jim Baker, Father Yod, Yehoah, was the leader of this commune and my mother my mom is sitting right next to me is was the one who joined his commune so the way that the story goes and it's a little complicated is that my mom so you met dad when you were like 12 and in hollywood like on the streets it was kind of a cute story it's in the book And you guys were dating or you were a boyfriend and girlfriend as much as you can be at 12, although it seemed very serious. I was kind of like, wow, you guys were very ahead of your times. Um, And then you, as you say, got interested in his father's teachings as a spiritual teacher who would give like kind of lectures, right, in his restaurant. Now, his restaurant was one of the first organic restaurants in – I don't know. I mean, United in States. the United States, he, he, him and my grandmother, Elaine, who I'm, who has also passed, but I was very close to, they started a movement of organic restaurants. And they had the old world, they had the aware end, the aware end and then they had the source, although I think Grandpa Jim took over the source, right? So, so the context there is kind of, you know, that he came from introducing a more healthy way of eating. And with that, he went on his own journey of becoming a yogi and becoming, you know, a spiritual um, teacher. And he was a very charismatic guy. He was a very controversial person. He was very layered and he was, you know, eccentric. And he was, he had a strong conviction. And of course, it takes someone to have these characteristics to, to start their own commune and to also be so magnetic that many people wanted to follow him and so okay so my mom who had been with my dad um decided at some point to join this commune as she has explained and at that point my mom and dad were not boyfriend and girlfriend anymore right
1: right but one thing that I do want to say is is that Bart Baker your dad yeah introduced me to his dad Jim Baker and that's how I learned about him and then through osmosis my sister marcy met him and some of my other friends so we uh were introduced that way and he bart your dad was never in the commune right um he wanted to join but his mother wouldn't let him so that was kind of what happened to him
0: okay and just so so you guys all understand my my dad's mother they they had separated and divorced so, at the time when my grandfather started the commune, he you know went on to kind of remarry, and that's the controversial part was his philosophy of being with many women. I mean, I think that's the big thing here. That's the thing that has always been um the challenge of his. He had always been very transparent about he had always said he had a problem. he had a problem with not being faithful, and he had a pro he had told my grandmother even when they were married there's a I have this problem and they had worked it out and tried and stayed in the marriage for a long time be- before it came just too much for grandma you know but that was kind of his I would say like maybe the biggest downfall and maybe what people might not understand or agree with in the book is that idea of like taking on or being with many women you know so so again so to kind of come full circle so this, leader of the commune, Jim Baker, is my grandfather. He is my dad's father. And my mother joined the commune during a period when she was not with my father and my father was not in the commune. But why don't you explain, mom, if you will, kind of like that full circle moment when in the end, how you came to meet dad again. Mm -hmm. But actually, let me kind of back up. Before we go there, let's just go a little bit deeper into Grandpa Jim, who you might call Still Father. Um, what would you say, can you it, can you talk about what he meant to you and who he was as a person? Um, can you also talk a little bit about the connection that you maybe see him and I having? Because I know he read the Akashic Records and I am an Akashic Record reader. I know that I have always been extremely spiritual and that we we obviously share the DNA of just really being drawn to spiritual development, um, you know, um, spiritual philosophy. Um, so if you would just kind of explain again about who he was to you, what he meant, just who he was as a person.
1: So the first time that I met Jim Baker, I was mesmerized. He's, you know, six foot five. He's the most beautiful, bright blue eyes you've ever seen. He was just, um, the best way I could describe him, if you could describe him, would be he looked like Jesus. Yeah, I mean, right. But at the same time, he was soft-spoken, and he just had this um, incredible um, energy about him that made you feel like you were the only person in the room. He was so full of love. He had some amazing qualities. Now, the quality about the women, um, you know, that must have been his karmic path, is all I can say. And the women that were with him were agreeable to it. Right, so it's right, like, course. it wasn't like a, a bad situation. It was a right. beautiful situation. Mm-hmm. I did not want to be one of his women. Thank God. Uh, thank God. But I, I'd never had a father, and I never had an imagery of one. And if I could make one up, he became my father he would be what who i would want to be my father i know that uh, from bart that he was a very good father and he looked up to him and he did some amazing things uh to bart growing up as a child and taught him you know manners and being um going for it doing what you want to do and being a good person and you know eating properly exercising You know, he was an exceptional father that way. So I would say that, you know, in my eyes, he was like a God figure. And when I was with him, I was in bliss. Um, He took us on a journey that was kind of wild, but I trusted him. I trusted him with my life. And when you read the book, there were a couple of times that he did save my life. Yeah. So for that, I am eternally grateful. I see him as nothing but pure light, pure love, and an amazing human being. I don't have any negative thoughts about him at all. I don't see him that way. I've never experienced anything like that from him. Mm -hmm. He's always very gentle, kind, loving. And uh, the only reason that I left the commune at 19 was because, yeah, he left. He passed away. So unfortunately, um, that was my reason for leaving. I think I lived out my path with him and with that the Source Family Commune and I needed to start my own path. And I took all of the good things that I learned in my impressionable years and, and I applied them to how I conducted my life. And that's probably how... I've become who I am today and became successful. And I felt uh, compelled to write about it and to let the world know the positive aspects of Jim Baker, Father Father Yod, Yehoah, because there's so many. Okay, so
0: I, I just wanted to tell you I felt him around. I, I had tears in my eyes because he... He, I have never met him obviously right okay. he he passed way before I was born not way before I was born but he passed years before I was born mm-hmm. um, but he visited me as a child in spirit and he continues to visit me he continues to be a strong presence in my life and I feel him around a lot um, now this leads to kind of a lot about what I want to ask you about you know what you took which you've already answered a little bit, like what you took from this experience and how it has shaped you. Uh, I want to go into that more, Mom. But I also, you know, we didn't talk about also how you you had a child in the commune when you were 16 or 17. 16. You, were, you, were, you were 16. So my mom had my sister in the commune and she was a young mother. And I know it was difficult in a lot of ways, but I also know that that i i i hesitate to say jamie because my sister was born stardust that was her name in the commune stardust and my grandfather named her um and then she took on the name jamie as she was older um we always joke that i should have been named stardust because i would have been like down with that i would have been like rocking that name and my sister was the cheerleader and the you know super like swim star and she was like you know I don't want to be called stardust right I mean she's like kind of straight edged Um, so anyways so you struggled that was one of the struggles that you talk about you know being a young mother and I know that's why you want to help women and why you do help women that you you know help a lot of organizations and charities that help battered women that are struggling in your life, and you've always helped me. You've always been my number one cheerleader, my advocate. You've always taught me to go after my dreams. From from Since I can remember, you've always said you can be anything, you can do anything. You and dad both built this beautiful life. You have a successful business. You live in the most beautiful place on earth overlooking the ocean. I I have always looked up to you guys and I've had that kind of image of, you know, parents who built their life from the ground up from nothing because you, when you and dad got together And then, you know, had me, you had no money. I mean, no money. And I know that. And then you've, again, like I said, built this beautiful life. And you have, you've taken leaps in your life. Every decision you guys make are these big choices that kind of like propel you forward. And because you started from not having any handouts, you know, you started from ground zero and just worked and built your life. It's an admirable thing. It's an inspirational thing. Um, So there's a lot of questions within this question, but the, the thing is, you know, if you could explain like what it was like for you, you know, having a young, having a child so young and then having no money and like how did this experience when you left the commune shape you in any positive or negative ways? in the way that you guys you know you and dad had to um we didn't explain this how you and dad met up again so you might want to talk about that too and then just like how you guys built
1: your life well first of all having a baby at 16 i don't recommend it um i was with a man his name and the family at first was Rama Shiraka. Um we were together the entire time in the source family uh, then his name became star man um I got pregnant at 16. I had Stardust at just before I turned 17. It was 2 weeks before. So we'll say I was 16. It was scary. It was a natural uh, It
0: childbirth, was it was right? a natural
1: natural childbirth uh, father delivered Jamie or Stardust. And um I just once again put my, all my faith and my trust in in Father Yod Jehovah and I had lots of women to um, support me and help me to get through it I was lucky I had a very easy pregnancy uh, there were no problems uh, nothing that I could think of that was you know bad she had I had a very good child uh, labor it was uh, 16 hours um, like I said so much support so I was able to get through it but I don't recommend it I was young and I, I really didn't know how to be a mom. Most of my things were instinctual. And then I observed a lot how other women were being with their children. There was one thing for sure. I was going to be the opposite of my mother. My mother uh, didn't, I don't think she was prepared to have children. And I took it as um, I'm having this child. I'm going to be the best mother that I can be. I'm going to be devoted to her. I'm going to love her. And I am going to... Never leave her and, and, and be there at all times. And I did that. Now, in saying that, I did have to take classes on how to, you know, take that a step further to be a good mom because at first I was really young and not, I, w- I was always responsible and I always, you know, was devoted, but I needed to learn um, how to listen to my child how to guide her and be a mother and not just a friend, and how to take my role seriously. And I did. I learned that craft. It's not something that you're born with. It, there's a lot to learn, and I was willing to learn, and I did that. Um, how I became successful and how we are today. I would say some of the um, disciplines that I learned in the Source family helped me a lot. I think I'm. I think the discipline of you know, going for it, you know, having your visualization of what it is that you want and not deviating from it and focusing. And I always knew that I was going to be successful. And I worked and I never stopped working. I worked when you were little. I worked your whole life. um, And that's how I built this, just little baby steps. And then I learned things as I went along. I didn't know how to run a business. I didn't know the laws, the the whole aspect of insurance. Mm-hmm. I had to learn it, and I, and your dad, we took it upon ourselves to get educated and to learn as much as possible because knowledge is power. Mm-hmm. And I believe you I'm say s- that a lot. <laughs> I say, yeah, I say it a lot too. And it, and I believe that that is a big ingredient for success, not only in your business but in life, is learn as much as you can about what it is and where you're going. Um why I'm successful because I knew I would be. I never doubted it. I had just this power of it, thinking okay. of it. I'm I'm going to interrupt you because if you okay, th- this is something that
0: you know, the whole world is working on is is lack of self-worth and believing in themselves. So, what could you say Helped you or shaped you into this person that just knew it was it the commune was it the principles and philosophies that Grandpa Jim taught you about focus and 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 you know positive thinking? I mean, I think this will help a lot of listeners um if you would expand on that more. How did you believe that
1: well, part of it might have been you know my upbringing from the source family because it certainly wasn't my childhood. Mm-hmm. There was none of that um but the other part of me, I think, is that I decided, I made a decision that I wanted to be successful and I wanted to live a life of comfort and luxury. I made that decision. Okay. And once I think you make that decision, your subconscious mind follows. And when I was faced with decision makings like, should I go this way or that way? I always chose the right way, the way that was honest. The way that would get me to where I wanted to go, I never chose the quick, easy, um, illegal way. It was yeah. always like you know the right, r- the right path. And I think that you are faced in life constantly with choices, and I've always made the right choice. I never wavered. Um, how do how does o- how do other people become successful? Well, first of all, they have to want it. I don't think everyone wants. To be very successful, I think many people want just a comfortable life, just pay their bills, get by. That's okay. That's totally fine because that's what they want. Mm -hmm. But I wanted something more than that. And so I worked towards it. So, probably some people might be thinking something I just thought that
0: you said was, you know, we're talking about success. So, what is success? I mean, success used to be just having money and material items. And it was like, if you had that, you were good, you were amazing, you were well respected. And I know that I mean, obviously, I know you. So I know success is more than that for you. So, you know, I've always talked about soul success being when you can enjoy the journey when you can enjoy maybe the luxuries or the the environment that you have created, and it doesn't have to be that you're wealthy, financially wealthy. It has to be that you kind of have an idea of, like you said, what you want, what is that environment that you want, what is the lifestyle that you want, and then what can you do to achieve it? So would you say for that success for you is not just about the money and the
1: luxury, right? Like, what is success for you? Well, success to me, it wasn't about the money. Uh, It was about love. I have the most amazing husband relationship that I'm so much in love with and that we are so happy. And we have been for 44 years. Um, Success is having the children, healthy, beautiful children that you want, that you've built. Um, Success to me is also fulfilling your dreams and going for it and doing what it is that you want to do. Everyone has a different vision of what their success is and to me everybody is exactly where they are right now because that is what they visualized and that's what they wanted so if you're at a place that you don't want to be in my opinion it's because you chose to be there mm-hmm. some people want difficulties mm-hmm. they want struggles and they want to be depressed and that's why they're there not everybody wants money so they don't have any money Mm -hmm. to me it was success is doing exactly what it is that you chose to do and i'm doing everything that i've wanted to do i wrote this book big dream of mine Mm -hmm. and is it going to be successful i believe it will be and my reason for that is is because i visualized it and i believe in it i believe in my story it's a truth i believe it will heal people it will help people there's a lot in my story that has to do with, you know, parent, a parent that is not healthy, but there's also forgiveness. There's also healing. And yes, I had a child at 16, but I chose to make it work and to make sure that I was a good mother. What's a good mother? Well, to me, a good mother is someone who allows their children to fail a good mother is someone who loves their child unconditionally, allows them to be who they want to be, not who you want them to be, and allows them to lead a healthy and productive life. And, and I'm supportive, and I think that's the biggest thing, is as a parent you want to support whatever it is that the child wants to do.
0: That is for sure. I mean, you have always been super supportive. You're extremely generous. You have been there for me in my lowest of times. You were even dad was when I wanted to transfer from San Diego University to art school. You were like, yep, and he was like, nope, and you were like, yep, she's doing it, and I was like, wow, I have a rock star mom. Like, you were so supportive. Um, I really appreciate that, and I agree, and I definitely feel like I have taken those principles from you as, you know, within my own journey of motherhood. I see you looking at the tennis game, mom. I just mom. wanted to know the score. <laughs> okay. all I wanted. Okay, um, so... But I wanted to ask you, well, first of all, you taught me something just now. You kind of helped me hone in is, you know, wanting it. It's like we can say we want something, but if we don't Mm. really want it, you know, that's we're not going to get it. So wanting really aligning your desires with your heart really wanting it that's huge but also making the decision and the choice because how we respond to our circumstances to our experience and to our present moment is how you move forward and so I it's I've been actually channeling a lot about response and choices um but I know that you when you know, when you were struggling that you when with you and dad, like in the beginning of your marriage, that you started your own um, maid service company in Malibu and that you were a maid and that you were cleaning, you know, these beautiful houses around here in the community and that you built this kind of big, you know, business. And then I know that, you know, you and dad started your own business being insurance salesman. And I know that dad was a fireman. You guys have always kind of like I guess, made those decisions, right? To like, we're going to do this and we're going to do that. Um, and I see them as leaps of faith in a lot of ways, you know, and, and it makes me, it's no surprise now that you say that you've always believed in making choices, but what would you say is your advice around someone who wants to make a choice in their life, maybe move careers or just make a change in their life? Like, how how did you support yourself through taking those leaps of faith?
1: Well, um, I know it's difficult to make big changes, like leave a job, go to something else. I don't know why, but I never had an issue there. Mm -hmm. I was able to make big leaps of changes because they were steps towards the ultimate goal. Now, all of these things that I've done in my life... Have gotten me to this place, which is where I think I ultimately want to be. I want to be in a more creative field. Mm. And so I wrote this book, which is creative, possibly going to be a movie, television series. Um, I'm entering in a path now. I've made this big choice of going into the creative world. Um, I'm slowly taking away from my business world. I have my business under control with a great staff. And now I'm I'm in the middle of making a big leap right now of entering into a new um world of creativity.
0: Oh, and, I thought you were going to talk about the home that you
1: Well, I'm we're we're building a villa in Mexico at Rancho La Puerta in a spa wellness community and we bought a home. It hasn't been finished yet. And our new life is going to be at a wellness community where full circle, back to meditating, yoga, vegetarian, organic foods, eating healthy, and living that life. And that's about to happen. But it's like I said, it's, it's a baby steps towards there. Hasn't happened yet. But that is the reality. And that is the choice. It's on its way. But also I'm talking about the creativity, right. the artistry of writing a book. There's art to it. And I feel that I'm an artist in that sense. Yeah, I know. Don't be so shocked. <laughs> I can't draw. No. But it's a creative path no, that, that I'm going and that your yeah. dad is going. Yeah. And we we both feel really good about it. We're very confident. Once again, we believe in the path that we're going to. Mm-hmm. If you don't believe in the path that you are choosing, it isn't going to happen. Right. You have to have that belief. Uh, the source commune may have prepared me for this part of my life. You know, I'm at the age now where I'm, I'm not winding down. So I'm not going to say that because I'm as active as can be. But it's just giving me, you know, a creative aspect now.
0: You know, it makes me think, mom, that that connection with self and spirituality that you, right, that you got in the commune, which is really kind of your divine presence. It's your power source. It's your supreme sense of divinity within is what really propels and, 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 sparks anyone's journey towards knowing what they want making decisions believing in themselves and getting in touch with their highest you know visions their highest everything so you know i i'm pretty sure that that is
1: why right that you're so in this energy well there's the low road there's the high road take the high road go to the highest place I think that if I didn't run away from home and join the Source Family Commune, I would not be the person I am today. I would have still been the fearful little girl and very not being able to make a good decision. I, I had no strength. I was weak. Well I was yeah. weak. I was shy. I no, I wasn't going on a good path. I was I could have gone if I stayed home that night and didn't join the Source family I would have been in a very different place. I might have been emotionally disturbed. Um, I was so unhappy, so depressed as a child. And this path of joining the commune changed me forever. It gave me a vision. It it gave me my strength. So, you know, when we so we have a destiny,
0: right? Yeah. This this must have been your destiny, and it's kind of like I see this vision in my mind's eye right now. When you have, you know, it's it, what is it? The road less traveled. Like when you're going down a path and you see, you know, beneath you or in front of you, you know, two roads diverged. And the, I don't know. I'm like I don't know how I'm remembering some verse from some book, but it's kind of like you go down this these roads, a path in your life, and you always have choices to make. And there's the the what there's the road that goes to the right and the road that goes to the left it's like where whenever you make a decision that's aligned with your heart and whenever you're in touch with your intuition you'll never go wrong you will always make the right decision and and that is your destiny right Mm -hmm. so you're really just following your your purpose in life Mm -hmm. which is amazing it's a beautiful thing um is there anything that we've left out mom i mean have i not asked you i feel like i've asked you a lot we had we didn't talk about the time i was going to maybe ask you about when i almost died when i was a newborn
1: you can ask only me.
0: yeah i can ask okay so um so i've had a near death experience M- most of you would know that you would know that um but i guess i've had two near death experiences because um it's something that You know, I think about a lot because I think I have some sort of like subconscious memories about that time when I almost died when I was, what, six or eight weeks old? Seven weeks old. Seven weeks old, okay. Um, But what has always fascinated me about the story that you've told me is that one part, which I want you to talk about.
1: Okay, so uh, part of the philosophy in the Source family was still raw inside of me, and it was that you don't go to a doctor. And you don't seek medical attention unless you break a bone, which is ridiculous. So I was kind of still living in that philosophy when you were born. And you got a cold when you were only six and a half weeks old. And I didn't take you to a doctor. Um, I went to a chiropractor. I mean, how ridiculous. And, you know, I made mistakes, okay, big time. And it turns out that um, the chiropractor saw you and he said, oh, it's fine, she, she just has a cold. I'm like, oh, okay, go home. You slept through the whole night, which is unheard of when you're nursing a baby. They don't sleep through the whole night. I wake up in the morning, I try to wake you up, you're not really responsive. I pick you up and you bent backwards in half, like you had no oxygen in your body. Oh so I freaked out and one of my really good friends husband was a pediatrician. So I called her up right away and I told her, you know, I need to seek medical attention for, for you, for Amber. So she quickly called her husband. She said, drive over there right now to his office. So I drive over there. I also call your dad and I say, look, I'm on my way there. Something's badly wrong with Amber. We got to meet me at this doctor's office. So he meets me there and it was Dr. Shapiro. And I said, and he said, Look, she has double pneumonia. You need to get her to a hospital and fast. And you need to do CPR on her because she's stopping. She's not breathing. I didn't even know how to do CPR. And he said, It'll be faster if you just drive there. So dad drove and we drove 120 miles an hour and our little Toyota Corolla on the freeway. We got to Cedar Sinai. I'd only been to Cedar Sinai once. That's where you were born. That's it. We were in and out 12 hours, if even. So I, I, I go into the front door and I'm doing CPR. And you, I don't even know how to do CPR, but I'm doing CPR. And I'm saving you. And you're in my arms. I'm doing CPR. And for some reason, no security guard and nobody saw me. You can't even get past the front desk without being escorted somewhere. But I got lifted up by an angel who had wings she picked me up and we flew I didn't even walk on the ground and I'm doing CPR and you're in my arms and we go into an elevator and apparently no one saw me this is bizarre and we get up there and this angel and I'm still not touching the ground I'm still in the air and we get up there and there's this team of doctors that that are at the elevator waiting for me. But they're waiting for me for the downstairs to call them and to tell them that I'm there. Mm -hmm. And they don't. So they're like pacing the halls. So I open the elevator opens up and I'm still in the air with the angels holding me. And I hand you to them and they grab you. They take you from me Mm -hmm. and they immediately start working on you. So it turns out Um, that you had double pneumonia. Your lungs were almost completely full with fluid. Mm -hmm. And they poked needles in your head, in your feet. Mm -hmm. They put you in a tent, and you were on oxygen. Mm -hmm. And you were there um, in a tent for a week, and I never left your side. The one night that I left your side, I think it was on night three, um, your dad's best friend's mom said, go home for a couple hours and sleep because I had stardust mm-hmm. and just get a little bit of rest. So I did, I went home. She said she would not leave her side. And that's all I cared about. Mm-hmm. So dad and I went home and we slept for a couple hours and I get a call in the middle of the night. And she says, they want to give Amber a blood transfusion and she goes, I don't think that's a good idea, because I read that there's this, this horrible disease going on called AIDS, and that it's transmitted by a blood transfusion. And I had never heard of it before. This is when it was like very new. She goes, and they won't listen to me, and you're the only one that can give permission. And so I flew over there. I was there in 10 minutes, and I said, no blood transfusion absolutely not and it was a good thing I did because people at Cedar sinai at that time in 1979 were getting AIDS and I saved you from getting that Mm -hmm. um I've had those types of experiences my whole life and but this one was was the beginning of many and that's exactly what happened to me so I, I have guardian angels
0: well so do I Um, You know, you saw that I have tears in my eyes because it's like, it's almost like reliving the experience and touching death, you know, and when I had my near-death experience, it was in November, I believe, of 2018, Archangel Michael came to me with Mother Mary and they they breathed for me and into me. Now, so because of what happened to me as a newborn with double pneumonia, I, I started to develop asthma when I was a teenager, and then it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And as I've gotten older, I've struggled a lot more with asthma. And that was how I had what led me to my last near death experience was where I just couldn't breathe at all. I was gasping for air. And you remember, we went to a lung specialist and I was in and out of the emergency room and I had oxygen and and so, anyways, it was Archangel Michael that came. He, they just Mother Mary and Grandma, who was in spirit, came into my room that night, and they laid their hands. I don't know how to explain it, but they just came right over my body, and they just breathed into my chest and opened my chest and mm-hmm. saved me, and and called it a divine intervention. And so, you know, we all have a guardian angels. All I'm saying, like. Archangel Michael came to me that night he you know I don't know what angel came to you it was your angel it was my angel so maybe it
1: was your angel
0: maybe it was my angel saving my life but it, you know it's I don't well I don't think we own angels it was an angel who was helping you and me right because I was meant to live I'm meant to live and mm-hmm. um, we have destiny right it wasn't my time to go so, thank you for sharing that. i I'm always like kind of intrigued by hearing that story because I've always remembered being in an enclosed space when I was really young. I had these constant dreams of being trapped in a bubble gum, and I remember and I know now that that was my like little mind's way of remembering being in a tent, you know. Um, so, Mom, this has been a really fun interview. I, I learned fr- a lot from you. I think that many people are going to find your book. First of all, please go get her book on Amazon. You, She has the audio version. She has you know, the paperback version, and you can get it. The hardback. Yeah, you can get it on Amazon. My name was Mushroom. My life is a teenage runaway in the Source Family Commune. So please, there's so much more that she shares in the book. It's a really amazing story. Thank you. It was really amazing. It was just fascinating for me to read, and thank you for sharing. You know all your words of wisdom. I love you, mom. And too, it was a pleasure. Thank you. Love you. Love you. Okay. Thank you, everyone. I hope you guys have an amazing day, and remember, as always, your light is fearless. I hope you enjoy learning about my personal journey with Akashic Record transformation. I believe that by sharing our stories of inspiration and transformation, together we rise. If you are interested in learning more about the Akashic Records or would like to see all my offerings, please go to my website, themalibumedium.com, or you can find me on Instagram at Malibu Medium. And please don't forget to rate and review the show. I would also love to hear from you. Please leave a comment and share it with your friends if you think they would find it helpful. Together we rise empowered. Your light is fearless.